everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Fortress Of, a podcast about movies and video games and TV shows and lots of pop culture nerd things. My name is Oscar. I'll be one of your hosts. And with me, per usual, are two out of the three other hosts, uh, Brian and Alex. Hey, I got first <laughs> boys. Let's go. Yo, what's up? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Devin's <laughs> out here again. He he fell off that mountain. That mountain just keeps beating him up, man. It's I can't. Steep. I don't it's know what steep, to tell you. It's a steep climb. I get it. <laughs> He's like a what's that guy from Greek mythology who keeps rolling the boulder up the hill and oh. then it just keeps falling down on him? That's Devin right now. <laughs> <laughs> Confirmed. He will be in the next God uh, of War, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, how you guys doing? Feeling good? I'm doing solid. Feeling very fresh. solid. I don't feel refreshed. Alex just woke up from a nap. Uh, yeah, I say this man woke up listeners. from a nap. He, he's living his best life. I had a very long cat la- cat nap today. Um, you know, recovering. Uh, you know, feeling take, good. take a nap, everybody, if you need it. Yeah, I like that. Alex is turning into uh, the mental health guy. <laughs> You're the one that just makes sure we're just keeping up with our with our naps, making sure we're doing well, we're eating well. Yeah, I forget do- forget Dr. Right. Phil. Just tune into the Fortress of to listen to me. Please forget Dr. <laughs> Phil. Everyone should forget Dr. Phil yeah. always. <laughs> no, I'm doing great. I'm doing okay. Maybe not great. I'm doing okay. This week was kind of rough. Work sucked, but we're here. Oh, we'll try to make that a little better. Um, all right, then let's with that. Let's move on to our first segment of the show, which we like to call News Talk. Let's get it. All right, first piece of news of the week. It's a big one. You guys can already probably know what it is. Oh boy. Um, Sora's in Smash. We were all completely yes. wrong when we took our guesses the other week. I uh, did not see this Sora. coming at all. Phoenix Wright should have been the last one. I'm going to be honest with you. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. I'm okay. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm honestly, I don't think I could be happier personally. I'm so pumped. I After it happened, I was like, that was the most blatantly obvious choice that they could have made. I was like, oh my God, how did no one think? Of, I guess that like people did because it was like a rumor also. But like none of us guessed it. It's just it was so weird. I don't know how I could have even guessed it because I, I didn't. I didn't realize until afterwards that they're announcing Kingdom Hearts coming to Switch. Did that get announced before uh, Sora? No, they announced that in the same little conference oh, okay. that they did. So that Nintendo did a little uh, reveal of the character, and then off the cuff, they also announced that the entire Kingdom Hearts saga, I guess you could say. Um, is coming to Switch using their cloud gaming. So I don't know how that how to, how that's gonna run, or I don't know I don't know much about how their cloud gaming how cloud good it is. gaming. Yeah. So like Final Fantasy Seven, isn't yeah. he already in that game? He's in that game, so that's pretty hmm. weird. They should have called it Sephiroth Gaming. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So Sora was revealed as the final um, Smash character. And that trailer made me cry, and it looks so good, and oh. it's pretty awesome. I love some Kingdom Hearts music so much. It is one of the like Ugh. most emotionally invoking yeah. soundtracks of probably it really <laughs> is my lifetime. And I don't even I don't even yeah. have a Switch. I don't even have this game. Uh, nope. <laughs> and I'm like I'm still about to cry over a trailer that has nothing to do with me in any way, shape, or form. I know. <laughs> I think now is like the best time to own a Switch. I'm so glad that I have one, and I encourage everybody to get one. Are you going to buy Sora? I think so, yeah. I, I have famously never bought any DLC. There's a few games that I got, right. you know, years after they came out that have, like, DLC bundles, like the Dragon Ball Z um, new game, Kakarot. But I've never really paid for or thought it was cool to pay for any DLC. It just f- feels like a, a ripoff to me. Any DLC, period. Ever. Not even just, like, this game. You just mean in general. You don't buy DLC. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's kind of like a fucked up policy, personally. To add, like, I, 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 I already spent sixty dollars on a game. Why would right. I pay more money to pay to play 
I don't know. Like there, there's a there's mathematically a-, a lot of DLC doesn't make sense because like sometimes you'll get DLC that is only two hours, but it's right, still like right. thirty bucks, and it's, it's like just a ripoff. To I me. paid sixty dollars for the game, and the game wasn't four hours. It was like a big right. game, so it's weird. <laughs> I I love that take. I think it's something we probably should talk about in a little bit deeper eventually because I do think I'm down for that thing about the way that video games and monetizing after your yeah. you know, your set paid price and how it works. Right, um, just put it all in the base stuff. game. Is how I feel. Just put it all in the same game. Boom. Heard it here first, folks. Just like just like fixing Boom, games and game. patches. Just just give give me the full game for the full price at at the beginning. Even even with all the uh, the Smash Bros characters, I've been like upset that they're making you pay for all these characters. Like I'm not gonna waste my money. I mean, I would like to, but I'm I'm cheap and I don't want to. <laughs> but now with Sora, <laughs> now with Sora, mm, they really they're really tugging on my heartstrings. So. That's a tough one. Yeah. That's a tough one. I'm going to have to do it. I'm going to break the I'm bank. I'm going to be a Sora main. I'm telling you, we're we putting down Pikachu. We're picking up Sora. Oh, boy. No, that's like this is the first. I've been playing Pikachu since N64. Wow. It's time. I mean, right. he's, he's got the... Da- it looks like the down B is probably the same. The Thunderbolt. Let's yeah. Go. So, it's basically If you Pikachu. saw his jumps, his recovery is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. It seems like he can recover from anything. I love his little Peter Pan dash move, too. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, it, I have a feeling it's go- there's going to be a lot of Sora's going. He's gonna going to be banned in the tournaments out. pretty quickly. He's going to be overpowered <laughs> like Bayonetta, I'm sure. You think ba- yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm wondering what his regular B move is going to be. I see he's got the fireball, which is probably the side B. No, B is just his magic. It alternates between um, fire... Thunder and ice. Oh wow! Okay. So if you hmm. you could technically just mash B and he'll go through all three spells. Oh, sick! That's exciting. They probably did that so that you can't just mash thunder over and over <laughs> right. again. Technically. What I would do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I wonder what the uh, I wonder the what side B, B and down B are going to be. Then that's 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 cool. That sounds sounds yeah. like he's got even more moves than other players. That's dope. He's got a lot of sword characters, man. He's got a lot of cool costumes. Yeah. Oh yeah, he probably has some dope ass costumes. I didn't watch the whole thing. Oh yeah, he do- he's got the cartoon. Yeah, he's got the 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 one from Kingdom Hearts two where they go into the old school Mickey. Yeah, world. Oh, I don't black want and that white. One. No, that's, that <laughs> he's got cool. that, and then the other ones he's got um his Kingdom Hearts one, two, and three looks, and then from Kingdom Hearts two he's got the three different um looks like the Valor, the all red, red and version, the and blue version. So you telling me he does not have the Nightmare Before Christmas skin? No, oh and so we'll God. talk about that right now. It's because they put oh, basically zero aspects of Disney in his character. You notice <laughs> there's no Donald, there's no Goofy. The only Disney thing about Sora is they showed that little Mickey Mouse emblem when they first showed mm, him in the reveal trailer. Yeah. Other than that, he could be from anything ever. <laughs> it's so funny because they literally showed a backdrop like of the character when they were showing off the character. There was a backdrop that was supposed to. It was known as the area that had like Sora's face and like Rox's face, and then Donald and Goofy. And they replaced Donald and Goofy with inanimate objects uh, <laughs> in the background. Wow. Uh, so he's like a bowl of fruit and fucking <laughs> a right. piece of paper or something where Donald and Goofy were supposed to be. So we know yeah. that those those talks to get this character in the game were probably rough. Excruciating. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine. Like Yeah, I wonder how oof, they like, I wonder how they got that going. That that seems um pretty difficult, but they they, they did it. <laughs> Money. I'm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I bet. You, I'm assuming that's why it, it took them so long to to get him at this point. I would love to have been in that room. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of characters on there. Obviously, most of them are Nintendo IPs. But like Solid Snake is some a character that's only been in like a couple of like he's in a, in like a GameCube. But he's famously a PlayStation IP, similar to Sora. Yeah. But Sora hasn't. I I guess he was in like one Game Boy game. He was. Th- yeah, Chain, Chain of, of Memories. Memories was on Game Boy. Yeah, Game Boy yeah. Advance. Yeah. 
So okay. there's some relationship there. He, he seems like a weird pick, but I still love it. Yeah, I know. I love yeah. it. I mean, it's one of those things that were kind of PS2 exclusive and then just kind of branched out. I mean, Kingdom Hearts 3 came out on Xbox PC. Right. Like, right. And they, the cool thing, they also talked about how like way back when, I think even when, when Melee came out, they put a poll of characters that people wanted to see. And Sora, they just talked about it now, was Sora was the overwhelming number one pick. Wow. And they talked about how like they didn't reveal what voters had picked because the internet would like right. start <laughs> berating uh, all these companies to do them. it. And they're that's smart. Exactly. So they're like, so we're sorry we kept it under wraps, but yeah, that's why. <laughs> that's fair. Cool. It's cool. Dope trailer. And that's that's Smash. I hope they re- release a, a super version of Smash with all of the characters oh, already in it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, like an ultimate, ultimate version, I guess. Yeah, that'll be $100. Oh, I know. don't say that, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. All right, moving on. Uh, we got our first little teaser of uh, House of the Dragon, a Game of Thrones spinoff taking place years in the past, all about the Targaryens and their Boo. weird incest family. <laughs> what, how, yeah how do you no. guys feel are you guys excited about this you, uh, I guess i'm excited Brian hates it. i'm excited just because i'm excited to get back to that world I'm excited. even though i think uh matt smith the main guy that you see looks really fucking weird with that wig mm. uh, i think matt smith just has a weird face though. i think that's <laughs> so. yeah i didn't have an issue with it because of just knowing the uh, the whole targaryen line and stuff right. like that and then also i feel like i mean i guess if they're all weird incest babies they all yeah. should look weird <laughs> i mean homeboy yeah. uh daenerys's brother looked kind of weird to me too the whole time and i was like okay so I don't, I don't hate it. I'm, yeah. That that wasn't the most jarring part about it for me, by any means. For sure. I'm excited, but um, cautiously, I suppose, cautiously yeah. optimistic. That's that's justified. I'm I'm excited as well, but yeah, I I, uh, I think cautious, cautiously excited is a good way of putting it. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see new characters and and the same ish settings, obviously, but let's like see how it all went down. So yeah, yeah. it's like Star Wars. That's kind of true. I'm glad that it's a very very. Um, Separated from like the diff- yeah. completely different characters, not like a, a spinoff. It's not of like, like a Tyrion one... spinoff. Yeah, right. <laughs> that, right. that would not exactly. feel right. Or like yeah. a like a Arya spinoff. Yeah, it's it's like a, it's another thing of just like even if the main storyline isn't what I love, the same way with Star Wars, it's still a world that has really deep enriching lore that I just I'm excited right. to explore more of that, regardless yeah. of, kind of what it is. And in theory, it means we're getting dragons, like a lot more dragon shit. In True. This, which so that though we didn't see we'll any that in the damn trailer, I was pissed. I know, just wait, I, know. I guess it's coming out next year so they didn't want to spend the money still, yet <laughs> yeah right they're still working on that cg that trailer, the trailer was uh i'm excited for to see it but the trailer was really um uninteresting personally it was just like a bunch of people standing <laughs> yeah, around was... a little bit of flames <laughs> we're targaryens yes we are right and that's it. Like, <laughs> they, they, they could have just had the title screen and that's it and it have, would have had the same right. effect for me i do wonder because like obviously when game of thrones was ending like in a weird way, the whole world was rooting for incest in a weird way. Uh, with uh, spoil- Spoilers for Game of Thrones, if you hadn't seen that phenomenon on the show. A lot um, of cousins <laughs> and brothers and sisters fuck each other. That's Game right. of Thrones. So that it's weird that people were rooting for that by the end. And so I wonder if this whole show is us going to, is people going to be rooting for that again <laughs> in some way? Because like they're going to have weird, they're going to have sex in this show. Like that's one of the staples of Game of Thrones like that happened. And they're all going to be related in this one, so it's going to be kind of weird. I feel sweet home. Alabama. I think it's also a requirement of HBO contracts. If you want to be on HBO, <laughs> you gotta have sex a lot. <laughs> all right, next, more GTA news. They're uh, <laughs> they're re-releasing the trilogy of GTA PS2 games, which were uh, oh, wow. three Grand Theft Auto three, uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, and Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. They're calling it the definitive edition. 
Uh, I just hope that it's actually a definitive edition and it's not like a, a really gross port and, and whatever. So I actually hope they take Interesting. actual quality into it and it's not, yeah, just a, like a money grab. Mm-hmm. I feel like they have to. I feel like we've already had ports to all the newer systems, PC, all that kind of stuff. I, I know because I... Yeah, exactly. I feel like I've seen all those games on the PlayStation Network already. That's what I was about to say. I have yeah. them all. <laughs> they are. <laughs> so yeah. I hope they do more. And I feel like they have to, but also... They say it's coming out this year, which uh, it's October. So we don't have many more months of this year. <laughs> we also haven't seen a little bit of what the games look like at all. And I don't know if that's supposed to be part of the surprise. Like, hello, surprise, this game looks awesome. It's... Or, hello, surprise, PlayStation 2 graphics, though. Uh, Probably so, PlayStation 2 graphics, though. I, I really hope not. Because um, I would really, I, really uh... be excited to play this game in, like, a not just an HD version of PS2 graphics, but, like, actually right. looking like uh, me and Oscar were talking off air about it potentially like being off the GTA 5 engine. Like, that'd be dope. I'd love to play yeah. games in that space. It's right there um, for them. And I love these games. Like, these are some of, the, like, the pinnacle of games that I really enjoyed in my time. I'll actually go back and finish 3. I still never played 3. You never beat 3? Oh, you never played 3? <laughs> or never beat it. Never okay. beat it. Sorry. No, I played 3. I never beat it. I never got off the first island. because. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I mean, you got to cheat so you can just fucking drive over it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, <laughs> yeah, I did that. <laughs> I flew in that tank using cheat codes. It was great. Um, yeah, like if this comes out and it looks good and it's like a proper, pretty decent remaster, I'll, I might pick it up. We'll see. Also, Rockstar. Um, who's Is Rockstar making this or is it's a separate third-party company? No, I think it's Rockstar. So, yeah. well, Rockstar, if, you, if you're listening, um, please. <laughs> and we know you are. We know you are. Don't make this game any more than $40. If you make Ooh, it more, if you make it more than forty dollars, you are a cuck, and I don't like you. Anymore. <laughs> I just want to, I just want to put it out there. There's no harm, no harm, no foul. But if you make it more than forty dollars, <laughs> fuck you. Here's what they're gonna do, Brian. They're, they're gonna make it forty dollars, but they're gonna put DLC for you to use all the cheat codes for twenty bucks. <laughs> you say you can't use cheat codes? Listen, yeah, DLC for cheat codes. A DLC cheat codes. You gotta pay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The, the listeners can't see so me, but I'm about to have a temper tantrum right now. <laughs> I am punching air. This is ridiculous. No, uh, no, no. <laughs> but also, that would be so very 2021 of a video. Yeah, right? it really would. It really sadly would. Or, or uh, oh, a, big, a big thing in those games is uh, like changing your appearance and haircuts and stuff, especially San Andreas. That'll that'll it's be DLC too. Yeah, it's all like oh, NBA 2K DLC skins. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Fort, or Fortnite I'm worried style now. skins. I'm, I'm worried now. Yeah, you, <laughs> now. you've really hurt my feelings and I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> I, take it, I take it back. We don't want this game anymore. I just start, <laughs> stop talking about it. I'm giving them too many ideas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we got three more months to make this game? Yeah, what do you, what do you say? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. How much could we charge for it? Really? You think like $3 a haircut? I don't know, man. Unless it's like a crazy different <laughs> for haircut. Fine. Yeah, I just think that if it's any game that's nostalgia based like this, um, Sonic does a good job about that. It should be 40 bucks. 60 is too much. Yeah. I get that it would be three games, but it's three incredibly old games. <laughs> like, the come first, on. GTA 3 came out in 2001, bro. It's 2021. That's right. 20. Also, years. because they're, they're apparently releasing or, 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 um, taking them off of all digital storefronts as well. In, really? Before this wow. comes out. Yeah. Wow. So you can never play the old versions again if you don't have them already? I suppose so. Dig- I already digital. deleted the article and I made a mistake. <laughs> I mean, that, make, that makes sense as a company. Does it? I mean, that's like deleting I mean, Final Fantasy VII to me, in my opinion. Maybe not. That's a bad analogy, but I don't know. That just I mean, but that, weird that's, to... that's, a, that's a different game, I would feel like. The remake is a different game than yeah. the old one. So, uh, 
the existing versions of all three games will be removed from digital storefronts next week. Well, you know who also did that was Blizzard with Warcraft 3, and that went terribly. Mm. Yeah, but they're a piece of shit company. When, so. when they remade <laughs> Warcraft 3, which was mainly just a graphical upgrade, and they changed some, you know, whatever, but it wasn't like Final Fantasy 7 by any means. Uh, right. They deleted the old World of Warcraft 3, and you can never play it again. And it updated anybody that had an old World of Warcraft 3. Oh, not World of Warcraft. Sorry, Warcraft 3. Uh, to the new Warcraft 3, and you couldn't play it anymore. And people mm. were pissed, and that game did awfully Ooh, because of boy. it. So, yeah. Rockstar, once again, if you were listening, <laughs> don't do that. That's an MMO, though, right? Well, this yeah. was, a, this was a, a real-time strategy game, Warcraft 3. Oh, okay. Interesting. I feel like they can get away with this one just because, yeah, like those games, they're not, they're like, it's not like an ongoing thing that you, yeah. you could play forever. Like you, I mean, I guess you could, but once the story ends, it's... I don't know. Like Metal Gear Solid, they have Twin Snakes and they have the first Metal Gear Solid. Uh, That didn't replace uh, the old Metal Gear Solid 1. Like you can still play that PlayStation 1 game. I just don't see the point. You can still play old Resident Evil 2, even though new Resident Evil 2 came out. Hmm. I don't know that I like that personally. Some people like playing older games. I mean, that's just a... Retro gaming is a huge space. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I don't know. We'll see when they actually release something from this fucking game instead of a <laughs> bullshit teaser, whatever. Uh, All right. Next, uh, Dragon Ball Super, fucking this title, Dragon Ball Super Superhero got a teaser trailer. And uh, people have some feelings. Brian, uh, how do you feel about it? Yeah, so uh, it came, New York Comic Con is a. Uh, it's come. happening right now. It's happening. I don't, I don't want to date us, but oh, you know, it exists. I saw some, some people dressed up in the city. I was like, what's going on? Oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. Y'all are all literally <laughs> I'm old as hell. Of I don't know here. what's going on. It, and if, if it weren't for this new segment, I would be so lost. Yes. New York Comic Con is currently uh, going on right now. And two of these people out of the three are literally in New York. <laughs> Fucking Jesus. I just imagine Alex saw some people and it's like, that's New York. It's just a normal day. Say, that, that seems about like New York to be fair. It could I mean, happen yeah, yeah. any day. Like, oh, so. oh, cool. Some LARPers. Okay. <laughs> but yes, New York Comic Con is in town and then they showed the Caesar trailer there. Um, I'd already seen a lot of stuff from this personally. Um, one of the big things about it, uh, Dragon Ball Super Broly was a big movie that happened, what, a couple years ago at this point that did really well um, in the box office. Uh, one of the highest grossing anime movies of all time. And now they're making another one, Dragon Ball Super Superhero. Uh, this time they're using a <laughs> lot of CGI, um, which mm-hmm. has people a little bit split. Um, they use CGI in a lot of anime these days because it's just easier than drawing characters, especially when you're doing three-dimensional stuff. Uh, a lot of, you know, very technical things right. happening. It's cheaper and quicker. <laughs> yeah, cheaper and quicker, absolutely. And people don't get paid, so you got to do the best you can. <laughs> and it looks a little it weird. Looks weird. People have a lot of weird issues about it it looks a lot like Dragon Ball's Fighter Z or Fighters. I definitely thought it was jarring when I first started watching that trailer, yeah. yeah. Settled, I settled into it a bit, but at first I was like, oh, this is something not, something not right about this. <laughs> yeah, it's the first movie I've seen where they're like going all the way where everything looks like it's going to be CG and they're not yeah. going to do any actual like drawing drawing like normal. It also gave me really big uh great Saiyan vibes, which I wasn't like <laughs> a biggest fan of his. Oh yeah. That's the worst arc of Gohan. That was yeah, when Gohan was yeah. shit poopy and we didn't like him. <laughs> though though like shortly afterwards when he like loses the outfit but still has like the uh like some of the resemblance of his costume but like goes Super Saiyan like mm-hmm. OP, yeah. Yes, please. But the fucking yeah, helmet yeah. and stuff. Ultimate and Gohan was dope. No. But we won't get into how Gohan got nerfed and sucks. Cause yeah, yeah. That's a different Toriyama conversation. hates us all. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the movie doesn't look like anything special yet. Uh, it's not like Broly where it has like nostalgia factor because these characters are all brand new. 
Uh, it's about Gamma right. 1 and Gamma 2. I don't know if they're going to be villains, if they're going to fight alongside Goku. It's going to be like an anti-hero Yeah, thing. we know Goku and Piccolo are in it. We yeah. see the two of them. And that's all we really but... saw. We also saw Pan. We see Pan charging up. Um, that is uh, Gohan's daughter. She about to go uh, Super Goku's Saiyan. granddaughter. Um, she's known for being in a Dragon Ball uh, GT. She has a debut in that, but she doesn't really show up outside of being a baby in Dragon Ball Z. And she's in Dragon Ball Super as a, a baby again. So they should go Super Saiyan. That'd be pretty cool. But Looks like it. They're going to Super Saiyan a baby? Yeah, Super Saiyan. Super Saiyan baby. Maybe. That's we'll pretty see. awesome. She's Super Saiyan toddler. <laughs> but we'll see what super happens. Saiyan toddler. <laughs> <laughs> this movie. Uh, I'm not nearly excited about it as I was about Broly. But I love Dragon Ball, if anyone knows me. So. It's because it's got a horrible, horrible name that I'm assuming it's because it's got a weird translation issue. It's got to be. It's got to be, dude. Toriyama can't draw. I don't know. Or I feel like it's, it's I feel like it's like a leaning into the superhero that Great Saiyan Man was. I don't think he called himself a superhero, but you know he was a superhero. And this feels like right. there's it's just weird having there's super one or two right superheroes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's weird, but super superhero. There's a, there's a colon <laughs> there's a colon that's missing. It, it's the same yeah. energy as Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan, which is like yeah. this is getting pretty redundant, guys. Maybe we need to right. leave some of these words out of here. <laughs> I'm waiting for Dragon Ball Super Duper. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's what I'm waiting for. But yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I might be one of the only ones. I'm also a big Dragon Ball fan, so. Brian's the biggest one here. And so Brian will probably let us know how it goes. I'll post it literally right there. Dragon Ball Super. <laughs> Respect. All right, final piece of news. We're going to, so we're going to spoil a bit of Venom 2, listeners. So if you haven't seen it and or want to see it or don't want to know anything about that movie whatsoever, look at the time codes and uh, skip to after this because we're going to spoil the mid credit scene. Um, so here we go. So we were all, all the rumors were right. Tom Hardy wearing that Spider-Man Far From Home or No Way Home hat was right. Venom is in the MCU now. Oh, um, okay. In the mid credit scene, it's Eddie and Venom in a hotel room and Venom saying some shit about symbiotes have lived for like thousands of years. You couldn't comprehend 1% of what we know. It would blow your brain up basically. And then the, a weird shift starts to happen. A weird multiversal shift starts to happen. And all of a sudden they're in a different nice hotel room. And then you can overhear J.K. Simmons, J. Jonah Jameson on the TV in the hotel room talking about um, Peter Parker's Spider-Man when he outs him at the end of the last Spider-Man movie. And it shows Tom Holland as Spider-Man on the TV. And Venom says, uh, that guy, and he licks the TV screen in a weird way. <laughs> yeah, it's really wow. weird. Very Venom. Yeah, there you go. He's. I'm assuming he is now going to be in Spider-Man No Way Home. So Hell yeah. Yeah, everyone was right, basically. <laughs> He's going to be we, in We it. made fun of that hat, cool. but that hat was real. <laughs> that, that was the that truth. Was not lying. <laughs> yeah, so. that's cool. There we go. I don't know if I was gonna see that movie, and now I probably definitely won't. Uh, <laughs> that's the only piece of information that I needed. I feel like so. Pretty much, yeah. I still haven't seen the first. Yeah, one, I gotta watch so. both of them. I was talking to Oscar about that. I've seen the first one. It wasn't very good. I think it got a little bit too much flack. It was a little messy, but I think also uh, it's two. We realized it's two hours and twenty minutes long. It's a very long movie for wow. no reason. Oh my god! I think that's the worst part about it. it. Gets boring, but yeah, it's not really worth watching. And hopefully the second one has learned from those mistakes. <laughs> well, it's learned from the time discrepancy, at least. It's only yeah. an hour and a half. I mean, so, Tom yeah. Hardy put that movie on his back, and he wasn't even good in it. So. Damn. <laughs> All right, end of spoilers. That's the end of the news, everyone. Let's move on. <laughs> Woohoo! Devin? Devin? Are you out there? Oh, hey, Devin. Uh, I'm glad to see that uh, that fall is still, still not keeping you fully down, buddy. All right, you want to hang out for, like, 40 minutes? All right, guys. Uh, it's about that time again for us to move into our main topic of the week. But guys, we're we did it again. We're in another fortress. Oh no! Uh, but this fortress, yeah, it's it's a it's another one. It's uh, it's got a lot of 
interesting things in it. Hmm. Um, and a lot of emotions and also just like a lot of a lot of interesting personal stuff about us. So uh it looks like we're in the fortress of Impactful, Impactful Games. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't drawn such a hard blank before in my life. Impactful <laughs> It's the most impactful Ooh. games of our lives. We're here to make yes. you feel bad and sad and stuff. Uh, <laughs> yes, listeners. Um, so this week we're going to do something a little different. We're going to talk about games that have impacted us in um, kind of any way that we desire just because we're all individuals. And so different things affect us in different ways. And so um, we thought it'd be fun to ha- just kind of explain and express ourselves about how video games impacted our lives in any way whatsoever. Um, so we hope you enjoy. Getting a, getting a little bit deep this week. A little deep. bit deep. Just a little. At times. Yeah. We are establishing lore. We got lore <laughs> characters. I love it. <laughs> when do we get a Wikipedia? <laughs> or uh, what are those, uh, those fandom sites? Those oh, yeah. fandom wikis? <laughs> All right. So, yeah, we're going to do this uh, round robin style, uh, much like our top games one. Um, we're just going to go one by one and uh, we're going to see how far we go. Um, so, who would like to go first? Dun, dun, dun. Do we want to do alphabetical yeah. order? I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> Alex. Oh, that, I guess that's still me. All right. Still you. <laughs> <laughs> so this was a, a, a fun topic for me to, to figure out. And um, it boi- I boiled down to picking two games that kind of hit me, hit me the most. They both kind of touch on similar things, but they're very, very drastically different games. Uh, the first one that I would love to share is one that I'm sure you guys have all played. It's called Super Smash Brothers. Super oh, Smash yeah, Brothers. man. <laughs> For me, most of the games that I love are story-based games, but this one's very different because there's obviously not much story involved. But for me, it really helped me build so many fond memories and relationships with like real-life friends and real, real people because it's such a multiplayer-heavy game. And I haven't played a lot of multiplayer games, but you know, growing up as a kid with a Nintendo 64, you're like, you have to play a lot of those games, couch co-op or multiplayer. Oh, got some cops are here. The cops. Yeah. New York City. <laughs> Get them. You yeah, like Super Smash Brothers. Get them out the, of here. <laughs> the, the 64 playing like couch co-op games and the plugging on all four controllers. I just have such great memories of like sleepovers and hanging out with neighbors and like all my best friends. And it really transcended, uh, transcended all points of my life from elementary school to like middle school, high school, and even in college and meeting and hanging out with you guys. And even now that we all live on different sides of the country, whenever we get back together, one of the things we almost always do is still play Smash Brothers. And it's just a beautiful thing that I've always had in my life and has always helped me build friendships, keep friendships. And uh, for me and maybe a lot of other people out there, I kind of have some kind of social anxiety, I think. I'm, it's like maybe self-diagnosed. I just get really uncomfortable sometimes around, around, uh, around people, especially new people. I don't know what to say or how to like make conversations. Sometimes I get really in my head. I'm like, oh, don't say that. That's going to be stupid. Or I make a joke. I'm like, oh, that wasn't funny. But playing video games with people. <laughs> Which is why we chose to do a podcast for millions of people. Here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm really, honestly, I'm just like talking to you, my best friend. So it, it's, uh, right. it's all yeah, good. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, playing video games with friends, especially newer friends um, or just meeting people is a really great uh, icebreaker for me personally. It helps me get out of my um, out of my head and more into like comfort zone, I guess. So no no other way to make make friends than Super Smash Brothers. I love so. that you said that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I like the part where you talked about it being like an, an icebreaker for you, and that being such a 
important thing that I think a lot of people don't realize, especially people that don't play video games. You know, when they talk about dates, like what's a good first date to take someone on? They talk about things like, you know, an activity that you both can do because it gets you engaged. It gets you, right, you have to right. talk. You, there's no awkward silence when because you, you have to play putt-putt together. You know what I mean? <laughs> that kind of stuff that... It engages your brain. But or you could just that. leave your date and just get through all the holes. And, Sorry, you but, suck. But that's why it's like dinner in a movie is so... I'm, I'm progressive. <laughs> ...can be so rough because it's like you have to come up. Like you have to, you know, you have to be on it. You have to be able to talk. Right. You have to be able to express yourself. And not everyone's super good at that. So it's really cool to be able to like find mm-hmm. a place that makes you... And that's why, you know, whenever you go to work or something like that, you work for a new company. They're like, oh, we're going to play a little icebreaker game. You have to play Jeopardy mm-hmm. or something. Something yeah. stupid, right? It's uh, like the main th- those game are the worst, but right. also kind of the best for me because I really, I really need those icebreakers. I, I'm, I'm realizing more and more as I get older that they're, um, they're actually really helpful for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I think like couch co-op, like you say, like couch co-op is just such an essential part. I think of video games and what makes them great. Yeah, maybe not an essential part of them now because we've moved away. Like you know, games have moved away it's from it largely. But I think yeah. it's essential to what makes them yeah. great and worth playing. Because I wish like, we could go back to that. Yeah, yeah like, I agree. Like I remember the first time you introduced Overcooked to us, it was like it was yes. such a refreshing <laughs> thing because it's all of us in the same room playing this ca- crazy, chaotic, like goofy game. And I think Super Smash is like the epitome of that, probably for the entire world. Like probably, you know, it's like a universal language almost. Like you can go anywhere and, and people are going to know how to play Smash and like have your favorite moves on your favorite characters. So yeah, it's definitely like, that's that's definitely the epitome of, of couch co-op and why it's amazing. Yeah, man. Yeah. Love it. That's a great, that's a great pick. Cause yeah, like with the whole icebreaker scenario, you can usually just start a conversation with what's your favorite character is the easiest conversation <laughs> starter. Yeah, totally. That could totally. lead to anything. Literally, wow. a kid came over with his uh, switch at work one day, one of my uh, old jobs, and I, I'm I'm pretty good with kids, but every once in a while they can be a little bit rough, and this kid was kind of awkward. But he had a switch with him, and he had Super Smash Brothers. So I was like, let's get a couple games in. <laughs> <laughs> kid loved me. I became that kid's best friend in right. 30 minutes. So easy. <laughs> that's great. No, that's great. I trashed that's him, great. by the way. He got. <laughs> I was going to say, did you stomp him? Do, no. <laughs> the kid got stomped. <laughs> Brian does no, not take it easy on the kids. No, no mercy. Yeah. We're not. We don't take it easy on you. On you. No one gets a pass. You got to learn that lesson early, kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> All right. So how's yeah. the alphabet go? There's A, then there's Brian, right? Yep. It oh, goes A, huh? Brian, C, Devin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's how it tends to work. Yes. Yes. Um, so yeah, I want to talk about a game that is also kind of similar in the way that it kind of shaped my life and the socialization of just me growing up. Um, because I became, I was a pretty like, I don't want to say a loner kid, but I was definitely very introverted, very much to myself, pretty shy. So I didn't like really communicate with people very much. It wasn't a big thing for me. I um, didn't need it. I had my friends around the neighborhood and stuff. But I got into online gaming. This is the very first online game that I played. And uh, we talked about this a little bit on uh, our top three favorite games. It wasn't on my list, but it was actually on Devin's. And that was Halo 2. Um, Halo 2 was the first Xbox or the first game just period that I played online. And Mm -hmm. that game changed my life so considerably, like not even just because, you know, it was an online game and I competed and stuff like that, but it gave me a social group. Like that was the first like big internet, uh, like friendships I started, you know, to establish people that I had never met before in my life. I became as good of friends with as I am with like you guys. And that became such an interesting thing because it was, you know, 2004 was when this game came out. The internet was still not really a place that was seen like as real life, but like these were like real friendships that I was creating. Mm -hmm. Um, So it got to the point where I don't know if you guys, I think you guys knew that I used to compete in Halo. That was one of like the first games I competed in. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, so I would travel to different states and things like that, meet different people. And that would be like the times that I'd get to see what I considered my friends. So, you know, I live in Virginia and I have a team with people that live in like California and Nevada and Idaho and stuff like that. And then like that time we have, you know, a tournament coming up. That's when we actually get to meet and hang out and drink and do dumb shit or whatever and also compete in this game. So it would be like this little nice, like, I don't know. It's like going on a vacation with all your best friends that you, you talk to all the time, but you don't actually get to see their face. Right. Nice. Yeah. I remember very specifically, there was this guy, and he was uh, from the UK. Uh, his name was like Dark Aura 13 or something like that. <laughs> oh, boy. And that was my fucking dude. And he was, you know, <laughs> this might be <laughs> disrespectful to the British folks, uh, but online especially, every British person sounds exactly the same. <laughs> like when I hear a British man, I see the, I see the exact same 28-year-old, skinny, like, 5'11", white right, British dude. Right. Like, in my mind, no matter what. So that's just what I always thought that he I don't he see was how that's like. offensive to British folk ever at all. <laughs> I feel like I'm probably, like, 80% right. But... Brian, Brian, you were talking to David Beckham the whole time. Okay. <laughs> he was dark aura. But then it kind of ends up being like that, though, because I found out after playing with this man for years and years and years, we played multiple halos together. I found out this man was a professional bodybuilder. Wow. Uh, and he was like 6'5 and humongous. Oh, shit. <laughs> and much older than me as well. This dude had at least 10, 12 years on of me. Of course. Uh, but we were just best friends because we both just like, hey, man, you want to play some team doubles? Hell yeah, yeah bro. Let's do it. Mm, nice. Boom. And we're on there. <laughs> and we're playing. And we're hanging out and we're talking. Yeah, he used to tell me stuff about his life. And I just, I don't know. It's just weird having that interaction with humans now um, because that has become such a big part of my life. Like even now today, I have friends that I've met online that I've been invited to their weddings before. I've gone to people's weddings. Uh, I've seen the birth of their first children, like stuff like that. And it all uh, is because of the internet. We mm-hmm. would have never met otherwise. And I think that's super cool. And that game was really the first place that kind of put me there. So mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. You guys are really making me think more about other games that I never would have thought about. <laughs> yeah. of this. So it's, it's interesting. So I'm like, oh, man, I, I don't know what to talk about now. I wonder I if they it. thought uh, this hard when, like, the first couple of video games were invented about. I guess, I guess so, like, Pong was, like, one of, the, one of the first, if not the first. But it was, like, inherently uh, multiplayer. So I guess they always, video games are meant to, like, bring people together. I think so. Alex is bringing them together in person. Brian's was bringing them together over the internet, which is yeah, that's they, that's pretty cool. Well, look at that! Nowadays. I didn't even think about that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, very nice. Absolutely. All right, Devin, how you gonna fuck up that pattern there? <laughs> <laughs> well, should, so, okay, so should I do the one that I think is more impact or less impact first? Should I do like the better well, one? Well, this first? was my technically my less impactful one. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna do, believe it or not, I'm gonna do the less impactful one first. Then, so. After what Brian said, perfect segue to what I'm about to talk about. Oh, there, there <laughs> because I, at first, I was going to say Halo 2 as well for my oh, like, second favorite. But I think I'm actually going to go with Halo 3 because <laughs> oh. I played Halo 2 when I was like in that impressionable age and stuff like I was a little younger. Then Halo 3 came out when I was in high school. And like that was the that was like the first game, probably the only game ever where I like you know asked my parents to get it for me like on the launch, and like they got like the special edition and like you know stayed up till like midnight or whatever. When she handed it to me, I was like so excited to like get home and play it. Devin and, like, was wearing a green cardboard box and calling himself <laughs> Master <laughs> I absolutely had like the Halo Three shirt from Walmart, one hundred percent. I still have. Let's go. So I think that the first one kind of, like Halo Two kind of like set up the impact that halo 3 had on me because like and again like you know brian played halo the way that most people play halo i played halo <laughs> with no internet 
and like with my brother <laughs> couch co-op and we just played the story again and again and again and again and again and then but but i did like in halo with halo 3 when i was in high school we'd have like these parties where people would bring their tvs and their xbox 360s and we do like the land parties. Oh, is it nice. a land party? Yeah, yeah. yeah. old school <laughs> land party. You'd literally have sixteen people in one room, all playing Halo together on the same like in the same game, but all like big team battle, but in the right. same room. So it, it just That's smelled dope. like Axe body spray and like Mountain Dew. <laughs> I was about to say that room fuel. feels like it's just hot. At least it, it smells like Axe hot. body spray and not like of, uh, yeah. lack of Axe body spray. Yeah, <laughs> I can appreciate true, that. True, but just a lot of dude, a lot of dude smell. But like, but that was like. So I got to do the multiplayer and the story. So that was kind of the first, that was kind of my first exposure to like multiplayer with other people. But yeah, I mean, I think that it just kind of set the, set the tone for like what I expected of other games because, you know, Halo 2, Halo 3 were like some of the best, like just so well executed, so well polished. And I just like, you know, I could, I could recite to you probably, you know, some of the (laughs) stuff with it. Like, and whenever I do go back and play Halo 3, man, that nostalgia is going to hit so hard. But I think that that was definitely like the main game of my high school uh, life. And it was kind of, it hit at the time where like, I wasn't quite. You know, I was like a teenager developing and stuff, but but it, I think that one definitely had the most impact on me in that in that part of my life. Nice. That's I crazy. will say, uh, land parties were probably one of my favorite experiences with growing up, and mm-hmm. I hope they come back. I know they're kind of doing it with barcades and stuff now, but mm, right. holy shit, you just brought back some nostalgia for me, bro. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I never ever experienced a land party. Well, no, I guess I there was at one point I did go to what or I guess you would call a barcade, but it was for children. So it was literally just <laughs> they had shit ton of TVs that set up, and I did that once, and it was like the coolest thing. Yeah, that was yeah. a land center, bro. You went to a, your first land center. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, one we had one that we used to go to all the time. I had a friend. Um, you you know him, Devin. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna say his full name, but David. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Not not gonna dox him or anything, but <laughs> me, me, David, and all of our friends from high school. Uh, I think we did that back in middle school too. We just used to, like you said, bring our tube TV, stuff them in the car mm-hmm. with our Xboxes, and just go roll over there. Uh, David's mom would go and get us like pizza or like Subway or something mm-hmm. stupid, wow. and we would just MVP. stay up all night just drinking balls energy drink. And <laughs> these weren't like the, these weren't like monitors, like sleek monitors, like today. These were like the boxes. No. Like you'd have like to bring those huge oh, boxes. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, them shits heavy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's commitment. People would literally bring them in. Like three people would carry one, bring it in, and like somebody would always <laughs> insist on like bringing the big, big one. And right. like it was at the time where like. Like on your 360, you could play music, but it would overdo the dot, the dot, like the, oh, the audio yeah. on like the on right. the game. So like there'd be one land party. Like I think the one that sticks out in my mind is like where whoever was controlling the audio had like one song that that song from the Gears of War trailer, like Mad World, you know, and it played nonstop the entire night of like six or seven, eight hours, however long we were playing. It played on repeat the That's whole a lot of time we were playing oh, Halo God. together. I'm like, can somebody turn this shit off? Like, <laughs> I have this song memorized now. But yeah, but that was oh, like that so was like a, the goofy kind of you know, and you're like sitting like you're sitting like on the edge of like a couch or like maybe a stool or something, and like you're just very uncomfortable. You're like hunched right, over, you're hunched over. Like, you know, <laughs> your face is like an inch from the screen, or you're like across the room. Like, there's no in between. <laughs> Can't see shit. Like, yeah, like oh, God, man. That, you know, good old days. That, that, that was great. Um, Well, I hate to break the cycle. I could continue it because y'all made me think of something else, but I'm going to stick with what I got and maybe I'll just shout it out right before we we cut off. Um, (laughs) I'm going to switch it up. This one, uh, I I chose Assassin's Creed, um, the franchise, but primarily Assassin's Creed 2 and Brotherhood, which was a sequel. Um, 
and the fact that it was probably, to my mind that I can think of, the only games that actively made me want to look into history. Um, wow. Like, in the fact mm. that it made me want to learn more. And I can't really say that about a lot of games, I feel. Mm. Mm-hmm. Specifically, like, in Assassin's, in Assassin's Creed 2, I actively remember, like, Googling and looking up, like, the Italian Renaissance and, like, the Borgia family and how fucked up they were and, all, <laughs> and shit like that. And I think Ubisoft um, at the time, and still kind of now, they had such a cool balance of implementing real-world events with this weird fake story mm-hmm. that the events still happened the way history mm-hmm. kind of says it, but they had a, that assassin twist to it where it's like, oh, the assassins were there the whole time type of shit like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh my God, that's super cool. And it actively made me want to go and learn more about just actual world history and stuff. Yeah. And they've, they've really honed in on that um, in the most recent games as well um, in Origins. Um, they've also done an Odyssey, but I haven't gotten it there because... That game's too long. Oh, man. It looks so good, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, where they have what they call the Discovery Tour, where it's basically the same open world map, but it's a non-combative zone. And they have pinpoints all over the map that you can just go visit. And it's just it's like a learning center. Wow. And they'll tell you about this historical uh, monument that you're at. And they'll tell you all these facts about what the people would do here and what was going on. So, like, it's just like you'd go to, like, one section of, of um, Egypt and it'd be like, here's a, a grain field, and it would tell you facts of this is what happened, blah, blah, blah. People would do this day to day, blah, 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 yada, yada. And I literally sat there and did every single pinpoint of that for like four hours. <laughs> <laughs> it, it only It's a credit to them because they do build very accurate worlds. Yeah, it was just a cool thing that I was like, wow, I never, I never would have learned any a lot of this stuff and these weird cool facts and fun facts type of stuff without that franchise of those games. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was just an impactful way that it actively mm-hmm. made me want to learn mm-hmm. more. Not so learn about like the lore of the world of the game, but like actual historical knowledge type of thing. So yeah, so, yeah I thought right. it was kind of cool. That's cool. Wow. It sparked your curiosity. Yeah, definitely. That's yeah. funny that you say that because um, we were speaking about that on uh, one of our earlier podcast episodes with the Fortnite thing and Martin Luther King being put in there and how it oh, felt so kind true. of uncanny, a little, a little weird. But the idea behind it was kind of cool because it does... Right potentially spark learning um and this kind of sounds like what happens when you're doing it correctly uh when, yeah. or at least when you're doing it better i want to say correctly when you're doing it better um because it, it's giving you it's it's not invasive but at the same time it's giving you a place where it's like if i want to know more about this i know i have the tools myself and they've given me enough of like a starting point to kind of get further into it like you said yeah um, i was trying yeah. to think of another game that someone was making fun of might have been assassin's creed too because there's like a a meme about something like that when people are like, oh, well, tell me more about history. And they're like, oh, I know history. And they hold <laughs> right. up like a video game and it's like, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> right, right. I think I sent Oscar this one. This like, It's a verbal meme. It's like, it's like the Undertaker. It's like that meme format with the Undertaker's yes, coming out. Yeah. And it's like me who who like 100%ed every Assassin's Creed game. And it's like Randy Orton like scared and shocked like the history <laughs> test. Like, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, great. no, that That's was awesome. my my... Less, not so much emotional impact, but just the curiosity impact of, of mm-hmm. life yeah. that I never thought about until now. I mean, that, that so game cool. almost got me. I was out to do it, but shit, it's boring. <laughs> it's boring <Fair>. to play. <laughs> You're not entirely wrong. Uh, this is a little repetitive. I'd, I'll try. Brotherhood was really cool, especially like when you got, like you could start That's recruiting favorite. assassins and then you could just like call them in to like take out people in like a, a separate rooftop and stuff. That was awesome. Yeah. I think Brotherhood was cool. That was probably oh. the peak. Them. I've only played one and two, so that's my bad. 
I got three, four, uh, maybe five. Brotherhood's when Honestly. I finally... You, you played all the way through one? That was... I couldn't get through one. I think one 100% was actually. I, per, I went through one. Yeah, that was back oh, when I cared about that. That one's unplayable God. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had to let them all go, but... um. That's cool. I'm glad yeah, that video games right. are up there teaching people stuff. That's that's really amazing. Teaching people stuff. Mm-hmm. Who would have yeah. thought? Look at Learning that. things from video games. There you go, parents. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Fuck, it's not <laughs> entirely useless. <laughs> Just play video games. You got your you got you got your friendships. You got your history. It's all play you need. Play video games. Drop out. <laughs> Drop, <laughs> Drop out. out of <laughs> Listen, I know mathematics and physics. I know how to throw a grenade. <laughs> throw a grenade. <laughs> I know how to throw a grenade. <laughs> that trajectory. I know what the fuck is up. Let's go trigonometry. I know how long I have to cook it and then check it before it blows up my hand. Kids, don't do uh, that. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Please, yeah. All right. So my um, second game that was the most impactful um, emotionally. This one's more emotional, I feel like. Uh, I said earlier that both of my games were kind of similar, but also drastically different. Um, so this game is uh, similar because it, it, uh, it didn't really... It's, not, it's a single-player game focused on the story. It doesn't. It didn't really help me make friends per se, but it uh, over time uh, thinking about the game and replaying it over the years, it's helped me um, develop myself as a person and who I would like to be and how I would like to carry on my my friendships. And that game is Kingdom Hearts. Oh, yeah. It, it's a game that's all about, especially the first one in particular. The whole theme is just friendships. It's just like your friends are there for you throughout and you got to have their back throughout. And it's like the whole, the whole goal of the game, you're playing as Sora and you kind of, you have your best friends and you're going on this adventure with them. And you're like, Hey, Hey, best friends, let's go leave this Island together and explore the world. And something happens and you lose your best friends. So the whole rest of the game, you're just trying to find your friends. You're just trying to get back together with your friends. And I think that is just so beautiful. And it goes through all these different arcs and stuff. But deep down, it's just about being with your friends and and telling. Is Riku his best friend though? He kind of a prick in that part. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, he's a rival, he's but like, they're definitely. He's like, yeah, he's, no, like a, he's like the big brother type of like a. I think they're definitely um, uh, more friends friends than anything. But I I do see what yeah, you mean. Yeah. You're, they're they're like the, a, a little sibling rivalry there. And I mean, that's what kind of makes a you make a really interesting point with that that I kind of love. Not to derail or take over no, the sure, conversation, sure. but. Uh, a big thing that Riku feels is jealousy. And that's what makes him and, and brings the darkness into his yeah. heart and makes that, right. you know, mm-hmm. spoilers for Kingdom Hearts 1, Jesus Christ. That <laughs> game is 2,000 years old. <laughs> but I think that's kind of cool because that's a very real emotion that you do find because Sora found new friends and that was a, a hurtful thing to Riku. Yeah. It's like, well, you, you lost me and you didn't try to look for me? Like, <laughs> that was sad. That was that, a sad yeah. moment. Yeah. That shit hit mm-hmm. my heart hard. I was like, oh, Riku. Yeah. Now, yeah, I kind of forget. You kind of forget about that first one, but the endings of that first one, the whole Riku stuff, it's like, yeah, there's a lot of emotional weight there. He's a, he's a, he was a sad <laughs> yeah, guy. He, they didn't have FaceTime back then or or, or cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think um, more and more as I replay it, and uh, I always think about, uh, even though I don't have times to play games, some, I'm always thinking about them. And this is one that I always think about um, in life and stuff. And it's just like one of the lessons I feel like it teaches you is to, you know, always, always be, be true to yourself and be true to your friendships. And it's, it's, not, it's not bad to tell your friends as a, as a guy growing up in patriarchal society of America. It's not a bad thing to tell your friends that you love them. 
And I just want to say that I love mm-hmm. you guys. <laughs> Thanks, Donald. Yeah. Love you too, man. Quack, quack. <laughs> love you too, Spread man. that yeah. positivity. Love like, I love you too. You're Donald because you're the wizard. <laughs> that, hey, Donald, <laughs> That's true. I am very okay You're never going to heal me. <laughs> yeah, like, shit. I, I like that. I like that sentiment, Alex. That's a great sentiment. No, that made me. I'm over here feeling the things. music. Also, just really, really stuck with me through for for a long, long time. It's got and great it was, music, and it was the first game that I played mm-hmm. that made me cry. By the time I finally beat it, and yeah. it was, it was just, it's just so beautiful, it, and it really stuck with me. And it's something that I still think about. The lessons that it taught me throughout the story are, are lessons that I try to instill in my life right now. So it changed mm-hmm. me for sure. That's awesome. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. That's beautiful. Man, that music is a bop. I still listen to that soundtrack to this day. I've been I've been replaying it. Yeah, there's a lot of like great covers out there on on Spotify too. It's there's great stuff from that game. Yeah. I guess I'm up next again. Yeah. I'm going to make us feel Am I going to make us feel sad? Maybe. I'm make us feel a lot of feelings. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Bring us down, Brian. Let's go. We've been too high. Yeah. <laughs> We've been having too much fun. It's time to get deep. Uh, <laughs> time to be sad. <laughs> No, it's not so much that deep like that, but it is something that I think does uh, or did have a huge impact on my life because it's something that I kind of grew up with inadvertently, and I didn't really think about it much until kind of recently. Um, And that game, which funnily enough came out the same time as uh, Halo 2, is World of Warcraft. Mm. Uh, World of Warcraft came out in 2004 and still exists to this day. Similarly to Halo, um, I did find a love for that game from competition and competing in it and that actually was an aspect that did change a lot in my life. I got to make money playing a video game for the first time, uh, which was wild right. experience <laughs> as a whole. I can get into that as a whole separate thing. Um, playing a video game professionally, and that was way before Twitch and all of that nonsense where you can become an entertainer. So that was super cool. Um, but the thing with World of Warcraft was it was one of those games I don't even play anymore, um, which is funny about it, but it's always something that I could always come back to and feel a certain comfort in. And I think that's what's kind of I, I love about it, because I mean I've lived and done so much in my life, and that game's always existed and been around. Like I've had deaths in family, uh, I've had friends grow up, I've lost friends, gained new friends, had relationships, lost relationships, and World of Warcraft has always kind of been that comfort for me throughout. Like during the pandemic, I actually started picking it up again, and then like towards the beginning of the pandemic, just as something to keep my mind off of the atrocity that's the world. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it was like really uh, a, a lifesaver in a lot of ways. And it's been that multiple times in my life. I remember one of my first, not my first memories. One of my memories was like back in 2007, when my grandmother passed away. Um, and she was super important to me. She was one of the you know pillars of my personal life. Uh, world of Warcraft got me through that. I remember playing back then. That was 2007 uh, in college towards the, the last year of college. I started feeling a lot of depression when you guys were like, you know, everybody was graduating and I was struggling. I couldn't graduate at the time because I had taken time off because money and finances, all that stuff. World of Warcraft had my back back then as well. And then pandemic happened. <laughs> the, we had a first pandemic in 100 years that's right. been this terrible. Uh, World of Warcraft had my back once again. Nice. So it's just funny the way that the things that we kind of choose to find comfort mm-hmm. uh, in, in hard times and how important that can be. Because I think we don't think a lot about those things. We think about especially entertainment and the impact that those things kind of have on you. But it's yeah. like entertainment's what keeps us from <laughs> sometimes losing it all. I mean, we, we all have to have our little things that, that keep us going at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting that that's been a, a pillar in my life that I'm able to always go back to, even if it's not the biggest thing in my life or not something that I always care about. 
it's kind of always been that constant. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a comfort in that in itself. That's dope. So I think that's cool. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Especially because that game has been around for what feels like a century. For fucking ever. <laughs> yeah. And then the thing as well, talking about, um, you know, their recent issues. Troubles. With, yeah. Yeah, their recent troubles, if you guys haven't read <laughs> about Blizzard and right. their recent troubles, um, is I have personally gotten to hear a lot of stories from just people that play the game, people that have made the game, and about how the game has affected their life, similarly to the way it has affected mine. I think that's super cool to, like, it's more than just a video game for so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people, when they think about video games, you know, for the longest time, we thought it was childish or thought it was stupid or things like that. Like, it's changed people's lives. Like, not just because they make money from it, not just because whatever. Like, no. I mean, some, some of these things have created friendships, relationships, mm-hmm. love. I've seen people get married in World of Warcraft. Like, yeah. I don't know. It, it, yeah. It's cool to see what video games does for people, and I, mean, I love that. World yeah. of Warcraft was the first MMO, right? Like it was the first one where you wouldn't just hop on like Halo and just play like a you know like a few games get off. Like you could actually I'd say just it's explore. Probably like the first like, and, like biggest one. Yeah, so it was yeah. the first MMO, but it was probably the most uh, accessible for mm-hmm. like the average like player, and I think that's what made it so popular. A lot of people mm-hmm. criticized it for that, but I think it was very easy to pick up, hard to master kind of way that mm-hmm. it felt, and a lot of people. That was a lot of people's first MMO. Kind of the way that Halo was a lot of people's first shooter. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the first shooter, but it was the first one that felt accessible to like the mm-hmm. general public, I think. Yeah. Did you guys cool. ever play RuneScape? That was the big one that came out. Uh, oh, of yeah. course I played RuneScape. That ugly ass game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did not, but I, I always figured I tried, that I was like the, the poor man's uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was goofy as hell. I played on my buddy's account and we would just try to like put in curse words and you just walk around with it all black yeah, blanked out yeah. because they wouldn't allow cursing on there. That man was speed running trying to get banned. I wasn't very really good at it. I just I just remember walking around telling calling people buttheads with uh with one one yeah. <laughs> with one T. You, you yeah, guys know that game still exists, right? We we can go play it right now. That's oh, really, wow. oh my goodness. Yeah. They made a new version and they have the classic version as well. So you can play that boxy ass three oh, pixel version oh, if you want to. Wow. So she, we should wow. she, That's crazy. Like I'm not one. surprised. I shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah. Not to get too far off base, but we had a kid in college that used to make money um, selling RuneScape gold, like a lot of money. That's how he used to oh, buy uh, his alcohol and stuff every oh, weekend because he just used to farm RuneScape gold. <laughs> she was wild. <laughs> Supporting the essentials in life. Supporting the essentials in life, man. That it was so balling weird. up. <laughs> the human desire to barter for anything. Right. Oh my God. That's oh, funny. Love it. Well, right, I'm boys. glad you've had like a rock in your life that's been also like yeah. been constantly updated. Like I can't play Kingdom Hearts now. It'd be I mean I could play it, but it would like feel like nostalgic for one, but say, clanky as hell for, for two. Right. Mm-hmm. You talked about it, so I'm gonna go play that janky ass game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually really want to get all the remastered versions and play those, but you should absolutely. Yeah. Highly recommend. So I mean, we touched on we touched on bringing people together, which I think games are good at. We're both in person and out. We touched on discovery, and we touched on escapism, which I think is a huge thing in games. Of you know, like like Certainly. being able to absorb, like delve into another world and stuff. And on that note. I have a game that I've already mentioned in the past. If but you say Rocket League, if you <laughs> say Rocket League. <laughs> no, it's not Rocket That would be hilarious, though. I'd have to oh, man, make, try to make this like really good point for Rocket League. No. My, the game that I think has had the most impact on who I am now is, is The Witcher 3. And I think oh, it's because... Word. 
it, because it changed my perspective on the world, right? So I mm. think it came at a time where I think I was kind of starting to shed some of the naivety about like, because like, okay, so at the time I was watching Game of Thrones, which really like is really very allegorical to real world things. And a lot of it's, you know, verbatim based on some things from history, things like that. And so Witcher is like that in a video game, like it, but it was also so well done with the the story and the character building and just the complexity of the world they created and also how messed up in like the real world it was. And that like the Witcher changed forever, changed how I thought about like politics and nation states and people and conflict and war. Wow. And just like, you know, so you kind of, you might have, you might think that nations try to do the right thing most of the time. It turns out sometimes it's just moved by a few people and they're the ones just pulling the, pulling the strings of history and everybody else just gets caught up in the, caught up in the gears, right? Yeah. Of like these massive conflicts. So you deal with that a lot in The Witcher of like refugees and, and just like how war tears things apart. And then, and then there's like opportunist people that will try to like, you know, do anything they can in a war zone and. So it's, I mean, it's very dark, right? It's very, very dark. And it wasn't, it wasn't like Mass Effect or other choice-based things where you had like a good, clear, good and bad choice. This one's like, this choice is going to suck and this choice is also going to suck. But like, <laughs> I have to choose one of them. And, and, and every choice, there's multiple factors going on. Like I remember- Spoilers, uh, check the time codes. The one I always think of in the choice-based thing is like, like in the human city, they're like, they burn like elves and dwarves because they're racist, right? There's this one dwarf that like sets a trap with the necker, like a like a, like a like weird gnome thing. And he tries to kill this human. And so you go in and, and investigate. And the cop is like, you know, or the, the guard is like, hey, I need you to go figure it out, Witcher. And you go in and you find out the dwarf set this trap. And I'm like, and then you have to go choose. Do you tell the guard that the dwarf did it? Or do you inside with this like snobby human? I started with the dwarf because I'm like, they, because I'm thinking of like the geopolitical racial stuff things. Cause I'm yeah. like, yeah. Cause like the dwarf, you know, the dwarf, like if, if that just, that would just help the humans have more of their narrative against dwarves and elves. Right. And like, those are the things that are going into like every decision in the game. It's like, that's why I haven't finished that game yet. <laughs> Can we discuss the fact that that is not even a main point of the game? No. That is just a side quest. Which is I know because I did that side quest. quest. Yeah. <laughs> those side quests right? are fucking heavy. And then there's like, then there's one later where like, so, and I think one of the biggest ones that changed how, because usually when these kind of games, I always make the choice for like to make the world better, even though if it's sacrificed people in the, in the middle, there's this point towards the end of the game where like Roach and, um, his assistant, I can't remember her name, but they come up to you and basically it's, it's, you have to pick them or, uh, Dijkstra and Dijkstra would like fight the invading, like Nilf guardians that, you know, are coming from the, the South. So he would be better for the Northern kingdoms, right? If you side with him, but he abandoned you when you needed help at care more and against, uh, the wild hunt. So I, in that choice, that was the first time I ever chose like Screw you, man. Like, I'm going with Roach and... and oh, yeah, know, I'm a the, petty bitch. I would have picked the same thing. Yeah, because, like, because, they, because Roach, Roach backed me up, you know? So it's like Vernon Roach. So it's like things like that. It's just I got so into the game and the world. And, like, every side quest was so well-written. And, like, the characters were so well-written. And then, like, the, when the downloadable content came out... I mean, first of all, the first one was, like, just a really good story. But the second one was, like, a whole nother area to explore. And it was, like, basically, a, like, a retirement tour for Geralt. And, like, at the end of it, at the very last part of it, he like breaks the fourth wall and like looks at you. He's like, we've seen a lot of stuff together. And he like, he's like, you know, like cheers to you. And like, it just hits you. So I don't know how I feel about that part. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh it was good, man. It was good. It reminds me of like, the first time Pikachu talked. Like, nah, dude, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, I got so into it. And uh, no, that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. So I think that, you know, but it changed of how I thought it made me not more cynical, but just more 
realistic on like how you think about how things work. And it's kind of set that and combined with Game of Thrones kind of set the tone of how I think about, you know, the world that we live in now. And, and when, every, mm-hmm. when I study history, like, cause I still learn about history for fun. Like it just kind of, it keeps proving true of like, this is what it's always been like. And like, and the Witcher was just so good at like taking the problems of the real world, putting it into this amazing game with a beautiful story and like seeing it out and like it, you know, hitting as an adult, like playing it. I mean, it was just the only, it's the only game that's had that much power and impact on me as uh, playing it as an adult. So that's a, that's a great answer. Devin, you don't miss bro. How do you just not miss? <laughs> that's awesome. He basically just went from the complete opposite of escapism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he managed to hit on a, a really important thing where it's like, that's not escapism really that's real. mm-hmm. because that's it's real. so grounded impressively grounded in real life mm-hmm. allegory. And mm-hmm. I think that's super interesting mm-hmm. uh, awesome. that you kind of feel so attached to it for that reason, because that's what you're talking about is very real. Um, Game of Thrones is funny because Game of Thrones focuses very much on the high tier and the people that pulled the strings, mm-hmm. whereas Witcher feels like it feels a lot more mm-hmm. on what the people boots on the ground feel yeah. like, because yeah, Game of true. Thrones makes it feel like this is a big, important issue to everyone because everyone's high in royalty. Mm-hmm. But in real life in conflict, most people aren't choosing sides. They're just trying right. to do their best just to live their lives. Life. Right. <laughs> um, and that sometimes means being on separate parts of, you know, the the, the red line and right. being on different sides and having to fight each other and kill each other when it's, everyone's just trying to put food on their table. Yes, the yeah, it humanizes everybody. Like, you know, Geralt, you work with the Nilfgaardians. You also work with the Northern Kingdoms. You work with the Elves. You work with you, you work with all these different factions. Like, in Witcher 2, you get introduced to Yorvith, this really, really badass, like, freedom fighter. Mm-hmm. And, like, he, to him, at first, he's a terrorist to you. But then later on, you know, you you could, you could you might even, like, join his side later on in the in the thing. So, I mean, and, like, and like I think most games, like, especially in Mass Effect and stuff, like, you're this powerful character and you directly dictate what will happen in the whole galaxy, right? right. And that's, games are kind of make us used to that, of, like, you're the main character. Well, feel good. You impact you everything. Know? Geralt, even though you're a Witcher with all this, like, you're crazy, well, you're not crazy powerful but you're more powerful than regular humans you can only shift certain things that happen you can't you can't change the outcome to make the world a better place at the end of it like the world right. is still a very flawed place by the end of the witcher and you just got to you know what's important is the people that you impacted along the way like the individuals so it's a very like existential you know sentiment that's really beautiful yeah now i want to play that again i know it makes <laughs> me want to go every time he talks about it, it makes me want to go back but it's just like ah I'm probably not even halfway. <laughs> Fuck. Oscar, you have to start over at this point. No, I refuse. I just got to do the last mission. It's just... Oh, you just got to do the last scared. mission? <laughs> the la- yeah, I just got to so go... I, I got a bunch of side quests still that I've been doing, and then I, I just got to go save uh, Siri. Or Sarah, what's her name? Siri. Mm. But I'm scared. I'm scared mm-hmm. that I'm going to get into that mission, and they're going to give me this possible choice, and I'm not going to know how to answer it. <laughs> also, it's been like five years, so I don't know how to play anymore, but... I do need to finish yeah. it. Somehow, it's- this is going to turn into the podcast where Alex started with not playing or finishing any games <laughs> to somehow being the one that finishes I'm every going, game. I'm going on a quest. I'm, <laughs> right. I'm going on a quest. I'm, going, I'm right. questing to finish all the games that I never finished. That's awesome. Start, starting, that's awesome. starting with the newest game that I started, Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> but, that's <laughs> fine. but that's fine. That's uh, I just want to finish on one note, Devin. I have a question. Do you remember what um, the company uh, that made the Witcher games, where they're from, their country? Yeah, Poland. Poland, didn't they give um, Barack Obama when he was in, yeah. uh, in, in presidency, they gifted him mm-hmm. the game as like, a, as like a gift, right? Yeah, I think it was I The Witcher was 2 so when he cool. made a state visit. He gave them, like, they're like, we, we, quick, we need our best export. It's like, here, The Witcher 2. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I really oh, hope so that cool. he played it. I really hope that he played it. I was like, wow. Oh, that would be funny. 
Life. No, it just it just reminds Obama of work. Like he goes in. He's like, like, man, he's just, like, I don't need to. I don't need to fucking need worry about this choices. fake ass world. I got to worry about the real one. He's like in all the <laughs> geopolitical situations of like you know Nilfgaard and the Northern Kingdoms and stuff. He's like, all right, now we got to build a coalition. Uh, we got it. All right now, Nilfgaard. You people you know, have to get along, right? <laughs> oh my god, that's so good. Can we get Barack Obama in The Witcher, please? <laughs> Yeah, what oh, if there's a mod great. that just replaces Geralt with Obama? <laughs> yeah, uh, I would, I, I would definitely play. Yeah, that'd be pretty <laughs> tomorrow. Great. That'd be great. <laughs> oh, that'd be funny. Oh, that's so funny. All right, I guess that's me next. Had I known that other people were going to pick games that they've talked about in the past, I wouldn't have felt so uh, not sure if I was going to pick this one or not. Um, <laughs> but mine is The Last of Us, um, and I realized mm. that it's yeah, I talked about it. It's my favorite game of all time. But uh, funny enough. <laughs> Uh, and it works out because uh, the one aspect that I'm going to talk about why it's impactful for me, I didn't talk about at all when we when we talked about it at first. So it works out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just because my it's a bit of a loophole, but it's still it still works. Um, and it's the fact that the music of that game um, is very impactful for me personally. I struggled figuring things out for this one because we're all different people. And like a lot of people in the world, like Brian said earlier, people use different forms of media to as their kind of their cushion as their thing so some people like read books some people watch movies for me primarily it's like movies but music mostly um music is what i go back to when i'm feeling low or feeling or just feeling good and i feel like having a nice song but in particularly when i'm feeling low and i think everyone had i would i'm not say everyone a lot of people had a fairly low moment in 2020 or 2021 um and for me music really really helped a lot and the Last of Us is one of those pieces of music. I I've listened through all three or yeah three soundtracks because they have one for the first game, the second game, and they have one for the Left Behind DLC. Uh, my favorite song is funny enough comes from that Left Behind DLC from the first game. Um, it's not from the first or second game, but um, yeah. So music for me is very important, and it, it's particularly orchestral music. Funny, it doesn't have anything to do with the game itself. Uh, or the gameplay or the story granted it's there and it's good but i haven't played that game in years but i actively still listen to that soundtrack every now and then especially like this past year um just when you're not feeling great and it's made me also pick up a guitar um and and learn some of the songs from from it just because they're nice acoustic i love i love a good like acoustic melody or a nice piano melody or something like that that's what all of these soundtracks are for these games um Shout out to uh, Gustavo Santolaya, the composer, who is phenomenal. He's done a bunch of stuff. He did the score for Brokeback Mountain and Babel. And okay. he did uh, one for a oh, movie shit. called Before the Flood that I didn't know with uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ooh. Ross as well. And um, Heck yeah. Yeah. So I might go check that out. I didn't know about that. I had to look that Very one up. Cool. Yeah. And so uh, it's just like a nice thing for me and, and impact whenever. Yeah. You just don't feel good. And it, it's what I go to as, in my form of media. Um, like it's helped me um just like just sitting quietly <laughs> close your clothes just play it and just kind of like let it consume you in a way um mm-hmm. and yes it might make you a little sad for depending on your mood um but at other times it, it's got a nice hopefulness to it for me personally um yeah and like i said I, i've learned to play a couple of those songs and like same thing with like the last of us part two um there's like a secret cutscene. spoiler check the time codes um where uh <laughs> You can go and El- as Ellie and pick up a guitar, and she will play. There's an entire cutscene of her playing um, a rendition of "Aha" um, or f- of "Take, Take on, on Me" by "Aha." Yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. uh, 
And she just sings it to Dina and she just sings this whole beautiful version. And it's just a beautiful moment. Um, and I, I started to learn to play that too, just cause it's, it's one of those things that just kind of makes you feel a little better for me. It makes me feel a little better. Um, when life's not feeling all that great. Um, and this past year and a half or so at times it wasn't all that great, uh, whether it was about a specific person or an event or just the state of the world. Um, this, this helped along the way. I kind of loophole cause it's, I granted the music <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't exist without the game, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Cause for me, uh, I don't games aren't the thing. Like I play a game for, for escapism or anything like that. I just kind of, I don't think I never thought about it that way. You you guys during these conversations made me think of a lot more different things. So I was like, oh yeah, I guess that did kind of impact in some other ways. But for me, it's it's music mostly that I, that I mm, jump yeah. into. Um, That's dope. But yeah, that's funny that you talk about that personally because I was actually talking to a friend recently about something similar to that. They might listen to this podcast. So shout out to Sarah. Shout out Sarah. Um, <laughs> but I, I remember we were talking about something, and then I was just talking about how. I don't feel like I'm very sentimental of a person. I don't think I'm a very sentimental person. Um, and the way that I was thinking when I was thinking about it was like, you know, how people have a lot of keepsakes or a lot of material things that they keep that remind them of stuff and things like that. I've never been that big into that stuff. It's never been big for me or my family. Like, my, I don't have photo albums, don't take a lot of pictures, don't have a lot of mementos of any sort. Um, but then they were like, oh, well, you do like a lot of like older music and I feel like you go back to it a lot. You're sentimental for music. Mm-hmm. And I never thought about it that way. And it kind of like, it took me aback. I'm like, what? <laughs> no way. And I was like, damn, she's right. <laughs> I absolutely am like very sentimental towards that. And apparently video games too, because we talk about my comfort games that I play every year. And it's kind of funny thinking in that way, because you don't really think of that kind of stuff when you think about being a sentimental person, right. I suppose. Music is incredibly powerful. It is. Yeah. It sure is, yeah. Yeah, that's why like 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 movie scores are are one of my mm-hmm. favorite things to listen to a lot of the time. Also, I think like games, like especially like you know in the in the golden age, like Skyrim, Mass Effect, you know stuff like games like that. Like the music is so powerful now. They they have like whole concerts of like orchestras mm-hmm. playing just video game yeah. soundtracks. Yeah, they should do. Like Ocarina of Ocarina of Time, I think. Like Zelda. I mean, I know some people that went to the Kingdom Hearts concert. I I mm-hmm. wish. Ugh. I was That's trying to awesome. go before COVID because <laughs> there's one happening in Atlanta at one point. Yeah. And I remember I said it uh, interested so I could hopefully get tickets, but then COVID happened. Damn. I think it's definitely one of the, th- the areas of video games that has sh- like shined that, you know, maybe people that not defying expectations, but just definitely like one of the parts that like, oh my gosh, like music is, you know, like this game, this game, this was for a video game, like <laughs> this amazing score, like. Well, video games are art and they're finally being accepted as such as they should be because they are as impactful as seeing a beautiful uh, painting or, you know, a lovely melody or all these other things that we've equated to art like Mm -hmm. this. This is art. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so impactful. Yeah. Um, Shout out real quick before I forget. I wanted to shout out uh, if you are a fan of like kind of acoustic melody, something like that. Listen to the Left Behind soundtrack. Um, the Last of Us Left Behind soundtrack. Listen to the song Left Behind, and then in parentheses together. That is the, my favorite mm. of all time for that for the Last of Us stuff. And then for the Last of Us Two, listen to It Can't Last. That is, they're just really beautiful. They're like two minute songs each. Um, yeah. So if anyone's listening and you feel like having a nice little quiet moment to yourself, yeah, yeah that's cool. Go for it. That's dope. Is that it from everyone? I think we talked. We touched on a lot of stuff. That's it. A lot of what makes games great. We did. <laughs> Y'all got me feeling all sorts of feelings. I need yeah. a tissue. <laughs> 
Um, I want a quick shout out because you guys made me think of this. Call of Duty Zombies World at War is 100% the multiplayer thing that you guys were all talking mm. about that I was like, yes, mm. I did not think about that. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, that is a connector. That is funny. Give me the ray gun. Yes, absolutely. Oh, One yeah. of the first first multiplayer things where mm-hmm. I actually made friends online. Yeah. And then Rock Band gave, I yep. feel like personally, took a lot of the anxiety. Granted, other elements helped out in my anxiety <laughs> to sing in front of people. But rock band is that hundred percent outlook where I, now mm-hmm. it's just like I don't care I'll do it whenever. Nice, <laughs> that's amazing. That's another thing yeah. we always do when we come over. We play some rock band. We always play some rock band. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, sweet, that was awesome, guys. Um, mm-hmm. I hope you enjoyed that, listeners. Little insight to our personal lives. Uh, let's move on to our final segment of the week. All right, uh, Devin, watch out for that boulder. No, no. All right, it's time for the third and final segment of the week. We're getting Devin to uh, go to Florida or something. Something stupid. It's really (laughs) random. (laughs) Right. Devin took another trip to Montana. (laughs) Weird. It sounds like it's a pet that your parents told you they got rid of. (laughs) They didn't want to tell you it died. Yeah, he ran away. Devin ran away from home. Yeah. That man's 30. Yeah, he ran away. All right, listeners, it is time for our final segment of the week, which we like to call Free For All. <laughs> Title pending. This is a segment, listeners, where we can kind of do whatever we want. We can talk about something we've done this week. We can talk about a life experience we've had. We can talk about anything we want. We can rant. We can just have a conversation. It's free for all. So I'll start this week. Um, this week, I watched uh, Dave Chappelle's final and probably most oh, controversial wow. Netflix special. Sick. The Closer. It's his sixth one. Um, it's uh, 100% his weakest one so far. Wow. <laughs> Ooh, oh, shit. Yeah, sadly, because I was like, oh, I hope he goes out on a bang. There, there's a lot of really good, funny stuff in there, but there's a lot of shit where it does seem like he is trying to just not even so much tell jokes, whereas to just kind of get his own themes and points across. Because a, a lot of criticism I've been reading is that he he's hammered home the tra- more trans jokes, more about the trans community, and how they've been shitting on him on Twitter th- for the past jokes he's made in the past specials, that, that's not calling fun. him transphobic and everything. No, and I honestly, I'm one of those people. I don't think he's a transphobic or homophobic. I honestly think he's probably a good person at heart, and I think that's his. This is his comedy in a way. If you've seen any of his comedy, you kind of know what I'm talking about. But I do think in this one, he kind of missed the mark in the fact that it does seem like he has a bit of a vendetta and a chip on his shoulder mm. in this one, and he's just kind of trying to vent. Whereas not as much tell jokes in this one. So it, it's kind of disappointing. And and some of it you could could be offensive, even outside of like not comedy can't be offensive and some people will say, but like in this one, there are times where it's like, uh, that one's not even funny. <laughs> you know? So you gotta at least be funny if you're gonna do it. Uh, right. So do you know the specifics and, of the controversy? I was gonna I was talking to someone about it um yesterday actually, mm-hmm. and I was curious. I haven't looked up what it kind of is about and I haven't watched the special yet. Um, but I know some of it was based around the the baby thing, which yes, I can say that on the record right now. Uh the baby's pretty dumb and he's always been pretty dumb. Uh, the homophobic <laughs> yeah. things that he said and things he said about AIDS was not the worst thing that the baby has done. Uh, I'm right. not disappointed that that's what got him quote unquote canceled. But the man's also done mm. shit like uh, he's hit a woman, he's uh, shot somebody, right. he's done more things than just saying homophobic comments. That is a point that Dave makes in one is of the it? specials where he talks about uh, how the baby got canceled because of the things he said. Yet this is the same man who shot someone. In in a Walmart, killed someone, and nothing. And he's he's killed. Oh, going, I killed yeah. So I'm pretty sure that person <laughs> out that Walmart he got in a in a fight with and shot died. Yeah. Wow. 
But but apparently, like, there are other facts that Dave excludes to make his own point, which uh-huh. some people have had issues Fair. with type of thing. And Dave has always been a type of comedian where race is always more important than any other um, community struggles, basically. And so he always he, he gets a real point to, across, whereas he makes the point of how um, the trans and gay community is only trans and gay until something happens and then they they use their white privilege. But and and people are mad because it's like there are c- people of color that are also in those communities that you neglect just to make your point. Right. That's super not fair. Exactly, <laughs> it's not fair. But he probably like those things probably do happen. Sadly, mm-hmm. that probably does happen. But it's not a blanket statement on that whole community. J- like he's making it out the same, and so it's a uh, it's yeah. a bit of a disappointment as a whole. He should have left that one alone. That's pretty disappointing. Yeah, it's a bit I of agree. a disappointment considering I thought all of his other specials were really good. Honestly, I, I think I've enjoyed every single one. Um, this was definitely the, the the weakest out of all six. Yeah. And it's like, eh, it's a bit of a bummer. That's a thing for me personally. I'm I don't want to say I'm conflicted. I haven't watched it, so I can't even say that I have that big of an opinion on it quite yet. Um, it's something I do want to watch mm-hmm. for mainly for the controversy. I'll be honest with you. Um, but also, I did like Dave Chappelle. I mean, we all kind of grew up with Dave Chappelle. Um, Dave Chappelle yeah. was also very much a product of his time. So that's where I kind of have the conflict, yeah. where it's like on one end, it's 2021, and if you can't grow and learn and start to make better jokes with time that's you feeling as a comedian my in my opinion saying that oh we just can't say yeah. anything anymore it sounds like a cop-out of being too bad at telling jokes that yeah, maybe I, have to... I, I, I agree with you brian that's a great point you gotta adapt yeah that maybe yeah. you just maybe you just don't tell that good jokes like yeah amy schumer did shot comedy for 20 years but shot comedy right. isn't a cool thing anymore but it was awesome in 2008 when dave you know dave Chappelle and Daniel Tosh existed. But then also, that's what Dave Chappelle's been known for. That's what he made his name from, was making, I mean, the Dave Chappelle show was him doing shocking things. Uh, Mainly, like you said, it dealt a lot with race, which is okay because he is of the race that he's typically making fun of. Oh, yeah. Um, A big thing that a lot of comedians talk about is the punching up compared to punching down. Which he also talks about in this And it gets more difficult when you talk about race compared to sexuality because where is it punching up compared to punching down? Right. Because, you know, we all kind of struggle. We're all the marginalized groups. A trans person and a, and a black person. Um, yep. That being said, black people are often black men are often called the white people of black people uh, for a very specific reason. <laughs> and it, it sounds like a joke. It sounds funny, but it's very much because black men do have a privilege that oftentimes a lot of black non-binary, black trans, and black women yeah. don't oh, have, and they okay. very often Correct. use that uh, in a negative fashion. And that's why that term was kind of coined. And him doing what he did only kind of solidifies, at least what it sounds right. like. Of course, I haven't watched it, so I can't say, but that's what it sounds like is kind of happening there. Just the, the kind of like the black trans thing and, the, and the, the, the trans thing saying how they use their white privilege is really fucked to say considering how much black trans women put into creating things like pride and allowing people to be accepted and pronouns and things like that. Like you're really discrediting them by saying that it's all a bunch mm-hmm. of white people being funny. Yeah. Like you're yeah. just basically kind of shitting on your own race and that because you're minimizing what those people did for the movement of the LGBTQ yeah. community. Like, so that sucks. Yeah, definitely. And that seems like an ignorant thing that he said. Yeah. And it's like he's trying. It seems like he's trying to get to a point. And he, sometimes he does eventually get to a, like a point. But like and like it, it seems like he likes the the idea of trying to win back his audience, mm-hmm. even his live audience. And like like he makes a point where Caitlyn Jenner was voted woman of the year. And he makes a point like saying women might have been furious about that for whatever. And in his in his, the story he's telling, he's like to compare a comparison that would be like if at the BET Awards, 
um, they were having an award for, excuse the language, uh, N-word of the year. And he's like, and the award goes to Eminem. And he's like, that's how I would. So I'm like, I get the joke and it's funny and I see the point you're making. Yeah, it's a pretty and, bad analogy. But <laughs> yeah, I see what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But there's a lot of things that go into that too because Caitlyn Jenner is also a hardcore Republican and very much yes. is voting against women's rights as a woman, which is a that's whole That's just a, a very strange stuff. person right there. <laughs> yeah. Right. You can totally not like her as a person, right. but you can also acknowledge that she has done, I would say, a decent amount for the trans community as far as like making them, like, like just helping them. Just I would in say. existence and, like, in a way. And yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, I don't have to like her as a person, though. <laughs> right. But we still respect her and her pronouns. Right. <laughs> and right. that's one of the bigger exactly. things about that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'll, I'll have more opinions about it once I watch it. Right. I would say watch it and just, yeah, form your own opinion about it. Just, yeah. I probably won't watch it. That That just sounds like. Too much anger that I don't need in my life. That's fair. That's that is fair also enough. fair. Protect That's your fair energy. Enough. It's probably not worth it. Yeah. In the yeah. grand scheme. Of Absolutely. Things. Yeah. I still think Dave Chappelle is probably is my favorite comedian of all time. I think that it's hard to find anyone else that for me in my echelon of com- favorite comedians that anyone stacks up to him. But um, it's a bit of a, of a whimper for for this one. Everyone misses yeah. and everyone learns. I just hope that he learns from his miss. <laughs> that's the biggest thing to me. I honestly don't think he will. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I doubt it. <laughs> that's and that's another the thing. He does all this complaining, but he's rich as fuck. Right. Like, right, right. so, yeah. yeah. I, I think a lot of it comes from ignorance. Know. And a lot of that comes from the community and the community of color. And there's a whole big rant I can go on about that. But we'll There's say. a lot. We could talk about this forever. Right, but right, right. Sorry, that took a while. So no, it's fine. I, it was mainly going. me. I have a lot of opinions <laughs> on that kind of stuff. I think it is important. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll jump, I'll jump is, in and go next. Change the tone a little bit here. Uh, I was watching something not not as depressing. Uh, it's a new show on Hulu. I don't know if you guys heard of it. It's called Only Murders in the Building. Oh yeah, lighter. Yes. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Very light. It's a much lighter. It's a it's a super fun show. It's uh it's starring Steve Martin, Martin Short, and oh. Selena Gomez, which is a very odd trio. Yeah, that's really weird. One of those things does not belong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And you kind of you kind of uh. They're all over like the headlines and stuff. So you're like, okay, why are these three people hanging out? And um, I, I would, I would, I would highly recommend it. I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's like a, it's the releasing episodes every week. It's coming out right now. Um, in the first season, I, it seems like it's gonna wrap up in the next couple of weeks. So uh, check it out before the internet spoils everything. If I don't know how <laughs> popular it is, but. How many episodes is it? Uh, I think there's uh, eleven episodes, ten or eleven episodes right now. Okay. I'm maybe there. I'm sure there'll be less than fifteen. I feel like it's going to wrap up in the next like two to three weeks um, from the pacing of gotcha. everything. But it's loosely about um, this murder that happens in this um, fancy, uh, luxurious New York City apartment building, and um, it takes place in modern day. And, and these um, these three individuals kind of. Um, hear rumors about what happened and everybody like is kind of whispering these things and these three individuals um are big big fans of true crime podcasts like a lot of people in modern day are and they kind of stumble upon each other in a weird situation and decide to for whatever reason make a podcast about trying to solve this murder because they're all loosely connected to the person and um, some people have like more stakes in it. Some people are just doing it for fun. Um, like the older gentlemen, uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short, they're kind of like struggling with their careers and looking for like the next big thing. Um, Selena Gomez has a little bit more personal connection with the person who passed away. So they're all having like their own stakes. 
there's a little bit of a mystery with each of them. And they kind of learn more about each other and develop a friendship uh, as they're building this podcast. So it's super fun. It's like a it's like a great mystery uh, whodunit kind of story. It's also really fun and kind of campy and really cheesy. I mean, Steve Martin and Martin Short are hilarious actors and throw in Selena Gomez. And it's just like a big question mark. And they kind of really lean into that awkwardness <laughs> and that weird, uh, weird vibe. That's good. Two people like have really great chemistry and are like really funny. And then Selena Gomez is just like, guys, that's, that's corny as fuck. Like you can't say it. it's 2021. You can't say stuff like that anymore. It's very, very, she, very she funny. She plays the watcher and the very much the, yeah. the person that's watching the show. It gives me a lot of, uh, it gives me a lot of Scooby-Doo vibes, honestly. Um, and, and, the fa- <laughs> and, the, and the fact that it's like a little bit ridiculous and like, uh, and super uh, comedic and not taking itself very seriously at all, but it's a uh, also like a modern day crime story. So it's taking it. It's a it's a it's a little bit serious, but the way it's telling the story is not very serious. And I really appreciate that kind of like uh, that bouncing between um, between tones. It's really enjoyable to watch. Yeah, sure. And the and the episodes yeah. are like thirty to thirty five minutes long on Hulu. So it's a great little um, little show. Nice, love that. What you got, Brian? Um, I also I was gonna talk about something else completely, but it's not interesting enough. Uh, I, <laughs> what's what? more important is that I started watching Grey's Anatomy again. Grey's Anatomy is back Yo. on TV. Oh, what is this? Season Nature 87? is healing because we got Grey's Anatomy again. We got Meredith Grey going on her adventures one more time. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be more than one more time. They, <laughs> they, one they, more they time. always yeah. talk about how they're <laughs> okay. going to end this show and they're never going to end this show. It's <laughs> a brand new season out right now? Brand new season. Season wow. 18. Holy cow. Um, oh they've released God. their first two episodes so far. It comes out every Thursday. Uh, it's on ABC, but it's also on Hulu. It comes out simultaneously, which is dope for people like me. Oh, um, cool. So I like watching Grey's Anatomy. The audience, if you don't know, I'm a huge Grey's Anatomy fan. <laughs> Um, I've watched every single season multiple times. I did not know this, Brian. Except for the last season, the last season sucks. Yes, I love Grey's Anatomy. Huge news for me. I had no idea. It, <laughs> it is very much a soap opera, <laughs> and it is very good, and I love yes. it. it. It is a good show. Um, my, my wife, Bambi, actually just started watching. It's always been a dream of hers to watch the whole oh, thing. Oh, boy. So we just yes. watched the first, like, the first like three episodes. I had seen it in Heck. passing when, it was, when I was in high school, but it's pretty good. Please get through the entirety of season one. Yeah. And then tell me how you feel about it, because uh, <laughs> that show takes you for a fucking ride. <laughs> I, I, know, I know it is a lot. My, my parents used to watch it when I was um, when I was a kid, so I know it's a. I know it's like you know definitely soap opera. There's like a hurricane or a tornado at some point. People die and come back to life or something. If something bad happens in the world, it would happen in this show. It's a lot. <laughs> I can best compare it to Game of Thrones. Uh, if Game of Thrones happened in <laughs> Seattle, Washington, I wish I'm not even joking. That's the worst part about it. Like, I word, honestly, word. Uh, without spoiling anything, just think Game of Thrones when you think about that show. Oh, you man. will feel <laughs> that's really funny. You're you're not entirely inaccurate. Yes. So please watch the entirety of the first season because that's what caught me. The first season, I was like, oh, you know, okay, I get it. Like a little soap opera, doctor show, whatever. Oh. And then it ended, and I was like, <laughs> what the. F- fuck am i watching what, what white wow and it just yeah brian uh rewatched i think like the whole thing when we used to live together in atlanta yeah, and quarantine. i got stuck and into it at times yeah. every now and then oscar just be making and i would just be like oh my it. god this is the worst hospital on the planet <laughs> it reminds me a lot of like degrassi it was like is canada really this fucking yes. bad like, yes <laughs> why this does not make so me want to go to seattle seattle feels like wow. Detroit right now <laughs> but yeah, first, first two episodes came out um they do this weird thing which makes me mad because it's written the show is written by a woman 
Um, but they still somehow manage to be in such a male gaze sometimes. And I, maybe that's not mm. the right term for that. But I just hate that a, a strong, independent woman that is literally the best doctor in the world also has to worry about some shit-ass man that sucks, that isn't worth anything, Right? saying, hey, you're kind of pretty. And then she's like, oh, my God, what? Am I pretty? Like, Ma'am, you're about to cure Parkinson's. If you don't stop, <laughs> <laughs> ma'am, let her be great by herself. So we'll see what happens. Right. Also, I will say the one pro to the show for this season, uh, from what you told me, they got rid of all that COVID yes. bullshit that every show did last so, season. Oh, so wow. Last God. season, they had COVID during COVID. Uh, they had the show be based in a COVID world. And it was a rough watch. Um, one thing mm, I personally um, liked watching TV was Escape from reality <laughs> the real world and then shot around said fuck you we gonna talk about it that was rough every show did it and it sucks because they all did it in a terrible yes. way where it's like they would walk into a scene wearing a mask and then to have their dialogue they'd take, they take off, off their the mask, mask when they're talking to a person like two feet from yes. them. i was like what are you doing yeah. just don't do it just don't yeah. do it they could have taken a year off and it would have been fine but this year um <laughs> you've noticed that everything is covid's over everyone's in the world they're going to restaurants <laughs> drinking at bars doing everything as if nothing ever happened so at the end of every episode so far they put this little black screen with some words on it saying that this is now a fictional world in which covid has been defeated and no longer exists um we wanted to say that oh, wow. but also covid still exists in the real world and it's still very serious so don't take this as real world events that's <laughs> cool that they have that disclaimer that's really interesting though it's very cool, but it's funny that because that just means that everything prior to that point they thought would happen <laughs> was in the real world. <laughs> so all the terrible <laughs> shit that happened in the hospital was in the real world. <laughs> right. We're basically saying that uh, Grey's Anatomy is canon in, in real life. <laughs> uh, right. canon. <laughs> wow. And Seattle, Washington has the best doctors of all time. And you need to go. If anything happens to you, you have to go to Seattle Grace. Or it's not Seattle Grace anymore. Right. Uh, <laughs> It's Grace Slim oh, Memorial. So funny. Yeah, if you want to get oh. any kind of help with anything, because they'll beat, they've beaten cancer, they've beaten every single <laughs> they've fucking done miracles. Yeah, they've done miracles at that hospital. So if I get sick, please take me to Washington. <laughs> God, copy that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've done. Oh, that's and it's great. been fun so far. That's a good one. I love that's that dope. show. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> keep us up to date on the ridiculousness of that show. Absolutely, you already know. <laughs> All right, that's it. That's the whole show, everyone. Um, remember, listeners, you can email us at thefortressof at gmail dot com. Fortress spelled F O U R. Um, you can email us any questions you have or any feedback or any recommendations you have that you or anything that we missed in our main topic or anything that you'd like us to talk about. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Fortress of and also the Fortress of YouTube channel. I know it's a little slow, but there will be stuff there. I promise it's coming. It's in the process. It's in the <laughs> making. It'll happen. Yeah. Don't forget to rate and review us wherever you listen to us. Um, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your grandma, tell your cat. Uh, listen wherever you want. Um, we appreciate it. Thanks for listening, everybody. It's been fun. My name's Alex. If you want to follow me, catch me on Instagram at Alex is an alien. Nice. Uh, you can go to follow me on Facebook.com. Uh, maybe not. Mark Zuckerberg has been struggling recently, but I still got a page regardless. Uh, so if you want to look at it, it is ITZ, by the way. That's it's, by the way. You can also follow me on Instagram, of course. That's it's underscore, by the way. ITZ underscore, by the way. And I've been streaming on Twitch again. Uh, I've streamed, what, three times this Yay. week? It's been fun. I've been having Hi. a good time. We've had some great streams. been playing Boyfriend Dungeon at twitch.tv slash by the way X. I also plan on playing some scary games. And if anyone knows me as a oh, no. being, I hate scary games. I'm very scared. <laughs> so. It's the spooky season. Yes, tune in if you would like to see me shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs>
Live. <laughs> what a headline. Careful, Brian. You might draw in a different crowd for that stream. Listen, also, OnlyFans.com slash By The Way X. I mean... <laughs> Uh, happy holidays, everyone. Thanks again for listening. Thank you, Brian, for the art. Thank you, Alex, for the music. Devin, have fun with that boulder, but we love you still. Uh, Jackie, thank you for helping sound edit the podcast every week. And thank you for listening. Uh, put a coat on. It's cold out there. It's also pretty hot out there. Let's put some shorts on. <laughs> <laughs> Not the point, though. <laughs> Uh, um, listeners, Ryan got a new catchphrase. It's hey, great. Let's go. <laughs> We're going to keep going. New catchphrase unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listeners. Uh, we'll see you here next week in another episode of The Fortress of... <laughs> you weren't supposed to say anything about it. I mean... <laughs>